I'm Tyler Peck, and this is what I wore when I danced the Sugar Plum Fairy in the Nutcracker. Welcome to What I Wore When, a production of Glamour and iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Perry Samitin. Each week, I'm sitting down with a woman I find fascinating to talk about what she wore during a pivotal moment in her life. We're using the power of style to tell the stories you haven't heard. I've always been fascinated by the world of professional ballet. I truly am. I've Googled movies about ballet, novels about ballet, and TV shows about ballet. My personal favorite is Flesh and Bone, which aired on Stars for one season in case anyone's interested. So obviously, I was excited to talk to Tyler Peck, a principal dancer with the New York City Ballet Company. When we met, Tyler was wrapping up this year's run of The Nutcracker, one of the most iconic ballets ever staged. She dances the role of the Sugar Plum Fairy and explained why putting on that particular costume was pivotal. She also indulged my many, many questions about the cutthroat pop culture representations of professional ballet dancers and admitted while it's strongly competitive, these are world-class athletes after all, it's not nearly as vicious as the media makes it seem. We talked about her love of shoes. She was rocking a new pair of Prada boots that she was very excited about her relationship with Valentino, both the design house and the man himself, and how she manages what's probably the craziest work schedule I've ever heard. Here's our conversation. Hello. Hi. So I'm going to start by asking what I ask everyone, which is what are you wearing right now? Hmm. Right now I have on some rag and bone jeans. I have on a Tom Sweeney sweater and I'm debuting my Christmas boots. So I got um, some Prada Christmas boots over the knee. Yeah. Ooh, over the knee. Yeah. They're suede and I don't know. I love them. Prada's (laughs) a good a good Christmas. Yeah, I love purchase. going to Bergdorf's the day after Christmas. It's like the best time to go and get everything on really great sales and yeah. And because the name of the podcast is What I Wore When, you are going to talk about what you wore when you first played the Sugar Plum Fairy and the New York City Ballet's Nutcracker. That I understand is a very big deal. Why don't you explain? So... The New York City Ballets, the Nutcracker, was the thing that made me want to be a ballerina. It was when I saw the Sugar Plum Fairy dancing when I was, I believe I was 11. And I said to my dad, Daddy, I'm going to dance on that stage someday. And so to get to be the Sugar Plum Fairy now and wear that costume, that beautiful green tutu that made me want to be a ballerina It's kind of like a full circle and you just, I don't know, it's, you feel like a princess, you know, you're in charge of the land of the sweets and it's that time of year where, you know, families are in the audience, you're on stage with a huge cast and the kids from the school of American ballet are on stage with you. So it's just this magical, magical feeling. And especially for me, Now, not only was it the thing that made me want to be in the New York City Ballet, but um, I just came off of a a long injury and it was the role that I came back to the stage. 
with. So basically it means even more to me now because it was the first time being on the New York City Ballet stage again after 10 months. And I was a sugar plum fairy wearing that same green tutu. So it's just funny how this important um, outfit or tutu, as I call it, has had many sort of lives. And um, yeah, it's just, it keeps getting more special to me the more years I wear it. And for people not familiar with the Nutcracker, can you describe the costume a little bit? Yeah, um, so a tutu is kind of like a skirt, I guess, that sticks up for people that don't know. And um, ours is this sort of seafoam, not lime green, but it is that kind of greeny feeling. And the sugar plum is in charge of the land of the sweets. So, you know, the the backdrop has sort of candy and all of the divertissements are, you know, like hot chocolate or tea or, and, and sugar plum fairy is basically in charge of everything. And so I have a wand and the green tutu has this um, light pink sort of embroidery and jewels that go around it. And um, it's just, yeah, it's it's a beautiful costume. And I get to wear this beautiful tiara that has um, pink and gold, uh, pink, gold, and green jewels in it. And what year was this? Well, I just did it like a week ago, but my very first time, you mean? Your very first time. Yeah, so my very first time was probably, I would say, 10 years ago. So the first time I saw it was when I was 10, 11, 10 or 11. Then I danced it for the first time when I was 20. And now I just did it two weeks ago. And that's 10 years from there. Do you remember how you felt the first time you put that costume on? Yeah, because I believe it was the first real principal role I got to do with a tutu. Um, And, you know, because as a ballerina, we sometimes wear chiffon skirts or just a leotard, which, you know, in normal life is a (laughs) bodysuit and tights. But when you put a tutu on, that's when you really feel like, okay, I'm a ballerina and the crown. There's something about having a tiara on that you feel like, okay, I'm now a ballerina. And I think that that was how I felt the first time I put this this sugar plum tutu on, I just couldn't quite believe that that 10 year old self that saw the sugar plum dancing. Now I was, I was the sugar plum fairy. Were you nervous? You know what? I actually am always nervous to do the sugar plum and I'm not sure what it is, but this last time around when I came back from the injury, I wasn't really nervous. And I thought, wow, I think this role is going to have such an important place in my heart now because it's the thing that brought me back to the stage and it's a performance that I'll never forget. And so I think I'm going to love the role even more now. I was watching a video um, yesterday of Uh you. It was a short Playbill video that you did and you were talking about how you did The Music Man on Broadway when you were 11. that's, That's when I saw The Nutcracker. My dad took us for Christmas while I was in The Music Man. So what I found really interesting was in that video, you Maybe it was an offhanded comment, but you said that you'd always felt like maybe musical theater would be what you pursued. And then now you're a ballerina. And for me, I always envisioned ballerina sort of coming out of the womb, like pirouetting, right? So I found it really interesting that you were like, well, maybe I would have taken up musical theater. How did you, were you not interested in ballet as a a first choice? Or how did that come? Really? 
Yes. That's shocking. Um, my mother was a dancer. And so I grew up um, initially training under her at her dance studio. And her dance studio had all kinds of dance. And so, yes, I, of course, took ballet. She was the ballet teacher. But it was my least favorite of all of the styles. Because when you're younger, it takes the most discipline. And honestly, it's much more fun to dance to like a pop song that right. you know than to dance to classical music. It's just how it is. And so I loved jazz and I loved hip hop and all sorts of things. And my mom made me take ballet because she said, you know, you need the technique. No matter what form of dance you want to go to, classical technique, you can't get that from anything but ballet. And it wasn't, I thought for sure, you know, because I did lots of TV and commercials and things like that growing up in California. And I thought when I went to the Music Man, okay, musical theater is like perfect. You know, I get to dance, I get to act, I get to sing, I get to do everything I love. And it wasn't until I saw the Nutcracker and saw the Sugar Plum Fairy that I thought, oh my God, I want to be a ballerina. That's what I want to do. What do you think clicked? I honestly don't know what it was. I think there is something so special about our Nutcracker. It's, um, I don't know if if anybody in New York hasn't seen it. I really think it's something that completes the Christmas time. And there was just something so glamorous about the Sugar Plum Fairy that I thought, oh my God, like, do you think I could do that? You know, and I said, Daddy, I'm going to do that. I'm going to dance on that stage. And he always tells me that I said that, and now I get to be her. Now that you're a principal dancer, can you explain what that means? Yes. So there's ranks in the company, just like ranks in any job, kind of. You know, you start as an apprentice, and then you work your way into the corps de ballet, which is the ensemble. And then you get promoted to soloist, which, you know— is kind of like a principle. You get to do every once in a while a little solo here and there. Um, but then when you get promoted to principal dancer, that's when basically it's very much business now, meaning like you have to go out and be 100% every single night. Does it mean you always get the lead? You always get yeah, the lead. Yeah. <laughs> you always get the lead. You're always in the front. But with that comes such a big responsibility, you know, because so I've been, I think, a principal now for... God, I I think it's 10 or 11 years. Oh, wow. And, you know, you have to carry the ballet. You have to, you know, all the people in the back, you're, you're setting the standard and they have to kind of rise to that. And so with that comes, I think, a serious expectation that you put on yourself. And I feel like I have to perform at my like highest peak every single evening, you know, it's like everybody's eyes are on you. And yeah, that's what I think comes with being a principal dancer. And I want to talk a little bit about your personal style um, in your off time. So when you're not in your leotards and your gear, how do you like to dress? Um, well, I don't know if you know that I have like my own line. I do. Okay. I'm getting to that. <laughs> Sorry. Well, because I do spend, unfortunately, not fortunately and unfortunately, so much of my life is spent in leotards and tights. So for me, expressing myself through fashion was always really important. And I thought, okay, how am I going to be able to do this when I'm in a leotard all day? So I thought, okay, I'm just going to have to make 
my leotards that I wear fashionable and represent me. And so I started the Tyler Peck Designs line and, you know, I get to wear really fun leotards and we make bra tops and athletic wear. And so a lot of my day is spent in that. And then um, really, I feel like I'm always in like gowns. I feel like I'm constantly going to functions and I'm very close with Valentino. So I'm very luckily get to wear Valentino gowns to like every event I get to go to. So that's so funny because one of one of the questions <laughs> I have for you literally is, do you go to a lot of gowns? gowns? Yes. Yeah. I feel like the life of a ballet dancer in New York is very gala heavy. Um, so that also I'm really interested in how do you choose what you wear to galas? Yeah, we have lots of galas and I feel like, yeah, I um, I think because of my close relationship with Valentino that I tend to try and wear them as much as possible. And sometimes if I don't, they always say, we would love for you to be in Valentino. Don't forget. I mean, that's <laughs> a good problem like, to yeah, have. I can't, I, it's, you know, it's, I, I feel so lucky and honestly... The dresses are always the most beautiful. You know, I walk in and the dress is just like, everybody's like, oh my gosh, what are you wearing? Is there a particular gown that comes to mind that stands out as something really special? Yeah, I think um, I was just on the cover of this fashion dance book that came out and I was wearing a vintage Valentino gown Ooh, and I'm in it point like? shoes. It's so beautiful. It's It was white. And the thing that was so special to me was that when I go to these galas, I wear Valentino, like the house of Valentino, but he himself doesn't design anymore. I mean, he does for special projects, but not really for the Valentino store. And so for me, since I'm so close with him as a person, to be able to wear one of the dresses, this was a vintage Valentino that, that I he wore, designed. that he designed was something that I will never, ever forget. That's super special. You know, it's like things that, that his dresses are in museums and they flew them over to Paris for me to get to wear for this book. And so to be able to say that I finally got to wear a dress that he designed himself is is amazing. Do you like to shop? I love to shop. What do you shop for? Um, like stores that I like? Or like, I mean, some people, when I ask that question, a lot of people say clothes. I'm I've actually shoe had crazy. a lot of people say shoes. A lot of people say house, home stuff. No, I am. Shoes. Shoes. I'm like obsessed. My mom is always like, if we just get you a pair of shoes, you're you're always happy. Meaning like if, if they don't know what to get me for a gift, just go with shoes. Like, what kind of shoes do I you like? I love heels. Are you a heels girl? I'm a heels girl, yes. I've always kind of been a little shoe crazy. Where do you like to shop for shoes? Well, this is one thing that I, my parents got me a pair of, um, I love Louboutin heels. Mm -hmm. And they got me a pair for Christmas and it didn't fit. So we had to take them back and it was to Bergdorf's. But we went the day after Christmas and I ended up being able to get three pairs for the one pair. I mean, that's the dream. So now I know that like, there is only one place to go and it's Bergdorf's after Christmas. That is a really good tip, but also that's incredible. It was amazing. I was like, I think it was a very happy day for me. <laughs> I myself, as a I'm a quantity shopper. So I'm like, if I could have three, yes. I'll take three. I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't believe it. I said, guys, why do we shop before Christmas? And we, we didn't know this existed. <laughs> so another question that I'm always really interested in asking women, successful women, is 
when you first started realizing that you had a certain level of success and you started making money that was your own, was there anything that you went out and bought as kind of like your like effort purchase, like a really expensive pair of shoes or a bag or something that you really said, you know what, I earned this and I'm going to, I'm just going to do it. Oh, God. Or are you still waiting for that? Yeah. Have you not done that yet? I don't know. Actually, it's really funny because I feel like I'm always, because of ballet, I'm super like disciplined. So I don't like splurge. It's really weird. Yeah. And like sometimes I wish I were a little bit more like that, um, that I could just like go out and just spend a lot of money. But I think because I'm so kind of calculated in what I do every day. In, in my daily life that I never feel like I need to go out and just like spend one. But I also, you know, really lucky that like my family will get me. Right. I remember when they get, got me a Louis Vuitton, Louis Vuitton sorry. A Louis, <laughs> a Louis Vuitton, Vuitton bag. bag. Yes. That I remember feeling like, okay, this feels kind of like a, a, a staple that every woman maybe should have if they can, you know? And I think that was the first time and I and I, I carry it as my dance bag. Um, but I didn't get that for myself. It's interesting that you say the discipline of ballet has sort of spilled over into other areas of your life, including shopping. Oh, for sure, yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah, like... Um, my mom is always saying, oh, come on, Tyler, just like go splurge. And I'm like, oh, I really, I don't really need that. You know, that's always yeah. kind of what I, what I say. And yeah, I think it's definitely, it spills over to every part of my life. That's admirable. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so you grew up in Bakersfield, right? California. Mm-hmm. How did you dress when you were a teen or a kid? Um, what were you into? I loved skirts. I remember like, you know, it was the time where like jean skirts were really uh-huh. in. I had a lot of jean skirts. I had every color of Converse sneakers. Okay, cute. Yeah. And I definitely dressed for, it was like funny because my dad would say, Tyler, will you please pick your outfit out the night before? Because every day you're late to school because you're picking out your outfit. And it's funny because they sent me to a Catholic school first because that's where my sister went. And we had uniforms. And I said to my mom, like, after a year, I was like, I cannot go to this school and wear a uniform. Like, I have to be able to express express myself. And so I ended up switching schools. I don't know if that was really the reason, but it's just funny. My sister went all through Catholic school and I went to public school. And um, I made my dad, you know, late every single day because I was so concerned about, okay, I got to have the perfect outfit for school. super obsessed with the sort of pop culture portrayal of the world of ballet. Uh-huh. Um, but I kind of feel like everything that I watch, so like movies, shows, novels that I read, it all sort of makes you guys seem like deranged. Yeah, and it was like, like crazy. Unhinged. <laughs> I was just trying to be polite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Psycho. Why, can you explain to me why? Why do you think that is? I think because for some reason, and I don't really know why this is, that people have put into their heads that like the world of ballet is kind of boring and like not interesting to a lot of people. So I feel like whenever there is like a television show or a movie, they always bank on the cliches to try to find the drama because I think that they think that there's not enough in the ballet world 
which is completely not true. You know, you don't have to always have the like Nazi ballet master director or the, you know, bleeding blisters. I mean, (laughs) you know, it's just like everything I think that people think of, that's what they put in these TV shows. And really, I think that if people did get like a behind the scenes look of just our world in general, just like how it is every day, it's so entertaining and it's super interesting. Just the amount of like discipline that it takes to get through our days, you know, like we're some of the top athletes that there are. And I think that, you know, people, if, if you could relate it more to, you know, we do just the same things as like what football players do, but we have to do it and also look graceful. So I I just think that sometimes um, people try to find the craziness in this like world that they seem as I mean, like everything is like truly insane, and no, it's it also is. really and the mom, the stage mom, always the mom. right, and the room still looks like it did when you were like yes, six years yes, old, it's always like, like pink ribbons yeah, and, and horses, and it's. I also think it's interesting that all those portrayals to really hone in on what I've always perceived to be this cutthroat world. And I'm wondering, obviously it's competitive because it's elite, but I'm wondering, is it really as cutthroat as, you know, X TV show might make it seem? No, I think that honestly, you know, I would be lying to say that it's not a super competitive sport. Of course, I mean. But it's like any other sport, you know, you don't get to There's a reason why everyone's not a football player. Yeah, you know, and if you didn't have that competition, you wouldn't have the best ballet company in the world. You know what I mean? It's like we all have to go through these hoops that anybody has to do, whether they're in any form of sports. You're not going to become an Olympic athlete by having no competition. Right. You know, so I definitely, it is cutthroat, it is, but it's not like somebody's sticking glass in your point (laughs) shoes, you know? And that's what I think people, you know, somebody's like, oh, that ballerina probably is going to put glass in her point shoes and then ruin her show and it, It's not like that. It's just sometimes I do wish that it was a little bit more of a family than it than it seems. And um, but it's hard when, you know, you've been with these people like I've been in the company for 15 years and you're with the same people for 15 years. It's like going to college for 15 15 years. years. Yes. And so some of the times you don't want to have to see the people that you work with every single day. But also, you know this person is helping you become your best self because they're also that good. You know, and if you don't have that healthy competition there, I feel like you don't become your best self. So I don't know. I I think it is cutthroat, but in a kind of healthy way and not like like Maybe cutthroat doesn't have the negative connotation that it would in a TV show. Nancy Kerrigan kind of way. (laughs) Um, Did you watch the show Flesh and Bone on Stars? Do you know that I'm going to ask you that? You're closing your eyes. I... I watched one episode of it. Oh my God, what? So that was my big question. I was dying to know if you watched the show because I watched the whole series twice and that is by far the craziest show I've ever seen. Like it's actually batshit crazy. I will tell you that I was I, I was offered to read for... That was my yeah. next question. Um, and I got the script and you were like, I was just Hell like, no. this is just not for me. Yeah, it's a really, guys, in case you don't know, it is a show on stars centered in the New York City ballet world, but it is just... Is it New York City Ballet too? It's a fake company, uh-huh. but it's, I, I believe it's probably meant to be modeled. It is bonkers. Yeah, it's, it's like, like another like one. People think Black Swan is crazy. This is like nothing. Like This yeah. is like, no. I think the one episode I saw, like somebody was like giving themselves like a cortisone shot, like in the like 
um, locker room or mm-hmm. something. And I was like, that just doesn't happen. Oh, the other thing was that like one of the ballerinas was like a stripper. And I'm like, you don't understand. Yeah. Like, we don't have any time. time to do anything else besides be a principal dancer in the New York City Ballet. It's not like, oh, let me dance from 10 until 10 at night. Like, you know, straight and then go be a stripper. Yeah, they're side like, hustle. We're like strippers not. at like Russian nightclubs. Yeah, that's just not not really possible. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah, I kind of didn't think you were going to be like, yes, my life is exactly yeah, like, like this made for entertainment crazy show. Yeah. <laughs> but some of the dancing on that show was quite nice. Yeah, no, a lot of the dancers were my are friends of mine yeah. that I either like grew up dancing with or that went to SAB or that I know. And um, I'm sure the dancing was beautiful. I just... Sometimes you can't watch a show that is... So close to home. Yeah. Or, you know, you, you you live the life every day. You don't necessarily need to, like, take it home with you, too. Another thing that I'm always interested in is pop, pop culture portrayals of ballerinas. Also, they always seem to be so tied to the physical and body and uh-huh. sort of the stereotype is like this we emaciated slip yeah. of a woman, right? Yeah. Who, a girl, I should say, who's yeah. like, I mean... I think back to like the movie Center Stage, which was such a thing. And yeah. there was the girl I love with Center the Stage. It's an amazing yeah. movie, but there was the girl with the eating disorder, but there was also the girl who got fired from the company for like potentially not being skinny enough. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like, is that real? Obviously, again, like yeah. you're an elite athlete, you have to be in pristine shape. Yeah. But is that stereotype real? Well, it is, but they go on both ways. Like they won't let us dance if we're too thin mm-hmm. or if we're or if we don't look our best. Interesting. So like, it's not just like you need to be skinny or you won't be on stage. You know, it's it's like they won't let you go if you look too skinny either because that's not sending the right message. Do they check, like, by what metric? We they, don't, is it just, it's visually? just visually? Like, you look, yeah, and I, you look healthy? Yeah, I've never really, I've never had, fortunately, like, anything said to me. Um, but I, I have known girls that haven't been able to perform because they were too skinny, which I think is really great because, you know, when you have people out there watching and seeing such skinny dancers, I think that then that makes them feel like, oh, my God, I have to look like that in order to be... A ballerina, and that's not necessarily true, especially like for me. I feel like I am the reason why I can do what I do is because I'm super athletic, and somebody who is um, so skinny just is weak and doesn't have what it takes to 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 um, do our type of workload. You know, you're going to have lots of injuries, and it's just, it's just we have to be constantly fueling our body so that we can perform at our highest peak. And yes, you know, I, I've been to galas where, you know, people have said to me, are you going to eat that? Like about the dessert? And I'm like, yes, are you, you know, like I'm going to work it off tomorrow all day long. Are you, right? (laughs) you know, but yeah, I think that there is that stereotype that ballerinas don't eat. And that's at least for me, it's definitely not true. How do you train? What do your days look like? Um, For me, I can't do really anything else besides ballet because I just don't have any other, like physically, I mean, um, I do Pilates, but that's the only thing in physical therapy. I heard on a different podcast that you take classes five days a week that aren't mandatory. Is that true? Well, that's a ballet class. Right, ballet class. So that's how our day starts, meaning... Our day starts at 1030 with a class that is given to us at the New York City Ballet. And you can take it or you can't. But I take it every single day because you have to rehearse at 12 and you would either have to warm yourself up or let somebody else warm you up. So I just let 
somebody else warm me up. Um, and then they rehearse us from 12 to 6. And then if you have the show at 8 o'clock, you perform. So my hardest day is, you know, 10 to 6, show at 8, and then I'm done at 10.30. So I'm there for like 12 hours that's every day but Monday. That's a lot. Yeah. So there doesn't really leave much time for, you know, going to the gym or having, you know, I'm constantly doing physical activity, but it's just dance. I'm just dancing all day long. And I know you said a couple of times that you're super disciplined, but are you, do you consider yourself, are you hard on yourself? I'm super hard on myself. Yeah. I don't think I really would have gotten to where I am if I hadn't been. I think that um, the minute somebody gets too happy with where they are, they don't grow. And that's how I've always been, you know, like someone can tell me, oh my God, that was so amazing. And then I'm going to say, yeah, it was, but this one step, you know, I could have done that better. And that's just how I've always been. I've always, I've always been up for a challenge. I've always wanted to keep growing. And so, yeah, I think I'm my own like hardest critic for sure. And so you've been with the company for almost half your life, yeah, which is kind really of crazy. Weird. Yeah, I got in when I was 15, which is kind of crazy. How have you changed since, I mean, from from then to now, like you as a person? I think like, um, you know, you have to understand that ballet, you know, is you use your body, you don't use your voice. So I think the older I've gotten, um, I've learned to kind of just like stand up for myself a little bit more and to say, okay, no, this is what I need. This is what I want. And, you know, to just kind of make choices for myself more than just being told, okay, you know, because as a ballerina, you're constantly told by either your teacher or your coach, go to this mark, do this step, and you're just supposed to say, okay. And I think one of the kind of great things that I've learned is, you know, if I feel like it's too much during the day to say, you know, I think I need to sit out this next rehearsal because, you know, my calf's hurting and I want to, I, I don't want to pull it, you know, whereas the younger self would have just kept you going and then I probably would have like pulled my calf. And so I just think I've become a smarter dancer and I try to, you know, teach all the little like younger girls that get into the company the same thing, you know, like it's not really about the quantity that you're dancing necessarily. You have to kind of figure out what works for your body, you know. Have you felt any changes within the company in the last year or so? I know there's been some sort of high level changes with Peter Martin leaving. Yeah. Um, I actually had been away for 10 months. So I just came back. So I really haven't really been back with like the new regime. But, um, you know, I was in the company with Wendy. She was a principal when I was a soloist. And um, Jonathan used to stand behind me at bar and he was also a principal dancer. So I know them well. So I feel very comfortable with both of them. And um Yeah, I I really don't have much to say just because I haven't really been there that much yet. Um, But it seems like it's going in a nice direction. Can we talk about um, your 2018 Hulu documentary? Yeah. Ballet Now. Do you want to explain a little bit about it? Yeah, Ballet Now was... um, So I was asked by the Music Center in Los Angeles to put together three performances. I got to curate them. I got to pick the repertoire, pick the dancers. And I was in charge of putting together these three shows. And so 
Ballet Now was what the performances were called, but also we called the Hulu documentary Ballet Now. And they documented my three days there in LA and what it took to get these performances on. And you were the first woman. I was. To I be was asked the, to do this. Exactly. Was, it, it was notable. It was, yeah, it was important, um, but I also felt extreme pressure because I wanted to not only succeed for myself, but also so that they would ask more women or more women would think, okay, yeah, let me, let me put myself up for that type of position, you know? Um, so I kind of put that stress upon myself, I think, but I had so much fun. And I think that that was the moment where I thought I would love to direct like a company someday because I thought I, it takes a certain person to be able to stand in front of the room, I think, and, you know, to be able to control the room, to be able to lead the room. And I felt like I was really able to find a nice way to do it, um, get what I wanted, but do it with love. And it's a I really special documentary. Thanks. Like, I love it. I love it, too, especially as somebody that, like I said, I'm just sort of fascinated with the world of ballet. And most of the things I've consumed have been this campy, like, cutthroat. And then to see, I've never actually watched something that was rooted in reality. Yeah, like, and didn't you feel like that it was dramatic enough just in absolutely. itself? Absolutely. Yeah, it was. It was super dramatic, but it did feel, I mean, I felt, I, I left with a better understanding of not only who you are, but what you guys do. Yeah, I think that that has been my main goal for that, for the for docu, but also just in general, is like to kind of bring ballet to the main, you know, to more mass people and to help them understand and kind of peel away the curtain so that they can understand what it takes to be a ballerina. You know, it's the grit and strength that goes behind the the glamorous life of a ballerina. You know, it, I feel like people are hungry for knowing what the, our lives are like. For sure. And I was really happy with the way it turned out. Do you ever just want to not dance for a day? <laughs> do you ever just want to say like, you know what, I'm going to uh, do something else? Or do you wake up every day and you're like, because most of us wake up every day, right? And we have, we go to work and like, it's fine. Like, we enjoy yeah. going to work, but I think it's probably very different when your job is in the arts or the performing arts. Uh-huh. Well, I think the hardest part of being a ballerina is just the physical demand on the body. So I think a lot of times it's like my body just feels so tired. And that's kind of like the first hurdle to get over, you know, like, oh, you know, my back is really hurting right now and to go in and have to dance. But once you get into class, it's like then everything is fine. You have nothing to complain about. Or that's how it is for me. I just love dancing so much that once I get there, I'm fine. It's just sometimes when they wake up in the morning, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm 30 years old and I feel like a 60 year old. You know, like that's a little bit, oh, it's it's just, it's it's a lot of wear and tear on your body. And for somebody who's been dancing since they were two years old, it's a lot of dancing. Do you have a really intense approach to self-care? Um, I mean, my self-care is just basically when I'm not on stage, I'm taking care of my body. Like I'm not how? like going out and standing for a long time or going out partying. Like 
that just doesn't really happen. I can't do that. I have to go home. I take lots of Epsom salt mm-hmm. baths. I always have a heating pad like before I get out of bed in the morning to put on like my back and my neck. Um, you know, constantly getting physical therapy every single day, um, massages. I have a whole bunch of balls that I can like roll out some body parts with, ice baths. If You know, like there's a lot of things that we do. And so when you get off stage, you go home and you do those things so that then you can wake up and do it all over again. And apart from the Nutcracker, is there a role and also a costume that, you know, in your head would be sort of your dream to to embody? Or was the Nutcracker pretty much pretty much it? Um, the first time I did Swan Lake, I'll tell you, I have a picture. I took a picture of me the first time I put my white swan tutu on and I just could not believe it. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be the swan queen. And it's just something I never thought would happen. And it took me 12 years in the company to get the role. Wow. So it meant something really, really special to me. And I'm doing it in like four weeks. It's so amazing. So I'm really excited. Yeah. So I want to do a quick speed round with you. So just answer like the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. 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 What's the last thing you bought? Mm, The taxi cab here. What was your first concert? Lifehouse? It's kind of random, I think. I know what Lifehouse is. You do? Yes. Like early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was my first concert. What would be your last meal on earth? Pasta. What kind? Ugh. Honestly, I can do any kind of pasta. I love it so much, but probably like rigatoni or like mm, fettuccine bolognese. Yeah, I don't know. Any <laughs> kind of pasta I'd be happy with. What's your favorite TV show of all time? Right now, How to Get Away with Murder. How do you fall asleep at night? I ask everybody this question about how they unwind, but now I'm particularly interested because you work every day until so late. How do you, like, do you fall into bed exhausted or do you need to get no, rid of that adrenaline? Hard. Yeah, like, how do you do it? Like, after my performance yeah. the other night, I didn't fall asleep till three in the morning. I was in bed at like 12, but I was still just super excited about the show and still kind of on Rimmed a high. Yeah. yeah. So honestly, I, I, I think a bath is the best way for me to kind of let go. But then, you know, it's just getting into bed and I have to sleep in a certain position. And it's just like all these sort of weird things. But yeah, it's it's hard to wind down. And what era do you identify most with fashion-wise? Oh, gosh. I don't know, this one? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a fashion icon? Or somebody mm. like who you really admire the way they dress or aspire to? I don't like? know. I feel like J-Lo kind of always is looking amazing right she, now. Yeah, she she looks, um, I can't believe like how great she looks. I know. It's like the dream, it's right? It's insane. Yeah. I know. I feel like she puts in the work though. Yeah. Which, My grandma which is, great. is pretty amazing. I'm not going to lie. She's 84 and she looks amazing. Everybody cannot believe that she's my grandma and everything I ever get, like any outfit that Valentino ever comments that he likes on, it's always something my grandmother really? gave me. Yeah. That's so funny. She's the hippest grandma ever. My <laughs> last question was going to be, how do you envision yourself dressing in 50 years? So, really? you know, 80-something-year-old Tyler, how do you picture yourself looking? 
I don't know. I'm serious. My grandma came to see me in the Nutcracker, and she had this, like, leopard top on with these jeans and these really cute boots. And I was like, Grandma, I hope I look like you when I'm 84. So I think if I look like her, I'd be very happy. (laughs) Thank you so much. This was so fun. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Of course. What I Wore When is a production of Glamour and iHeartRadio with new episodes dropping every Monday. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm your host, Glamour Digital Director, Perry Samatin. Follow me on Instagram at Perry Samatin. P-E-R-R-I-E-S-A-M-O-T-I-N. Our executive producer is Ali Perry, and our producers are Glamour's Kim Fasaro and iHeart's JJ Posway. What I Wore When is engineered by Emily Marinoff and Derek Clements. Special thanks to Julie Shen and Deanna Buckman at Condé Nast. For more information on today's episode, go to glamour.com slash what I wore when.